0: hello hello i'm coming to you from an unusual spot i'm actually laying under the stars having a little camp out on a solo adventure to the big city and i thought would it be fun to just share something that i've been thinking about lately and what i've been listening to lately because i just finished my planning i just did my finalised my planning for the term and that was triggered because I've been listening the whole drive actually and a lot of yesterday afternoon I've been listening to the Cal Newport podcast. Uh, I've read a bunch of his books, I've read Deep Work, Digital Minimalism and, yeah, I, he's one of the few people that I always open his emails. Um, I just think he's so interesting. And so I'm just going to talk about him a little bit today. It's like a fangirl <laughs> episode today um, because I, can't, I came upon him through Leonie Dawson and Danny Gardner and maybe George Cow. So I think they had all mentioned him and so I checked him out and it's just made a big difference to my life, the work that he's sharing. And he's so peculiar to me because he's a computer scientist, which I don't 100% really understand what he does, Um, but he's a professor of computer science and paradoxically or not, he really hates social media. He's an author as well, really prolific author and writes so many, um, you know, articles for the New Yorker as well as I imagine. I mean, I don't know. I haven't read them, um, scholarly articles as a professor. So he's prolific. He's a father. And, um, yeah, he hates Twitter, hates social media. He hates Slack and instant messaging in the workplace. And, yeah, I just think that's such an interesting paradox. There's sort of an assumption that, If you work in tech that you have to be available all the time and I think I've got some hard-won lessons I've learned through my own experience as a business person and I've also gained a lot by really considering and implementing some of Cal's recommendations. So not just Cal Newport, I mean obviously his work is similar to and possibly influence the work of George Cow, who you guys might know if you've listened to any podcast of me. I really love George's work. I was in his mastermind for a couple of years and, um, there's a lot of things that I had been trying to implement in my business that for whatever reason, once I started working with George, a lot of them fell into place for me. Um, and also I've done some planning stuff. with have and seasonal planning with her and a, a bunch of different workshops and courses with her. And I think she has also been influenced by Carl Newport's work. And I feel like I've read blogs of hers where she talked about his book or something as well as, like I mentioned, Leonie Dawson. I love her, just the way she really just shows up fully and authentically, as herself, that she's quite unfiltered, she swears a lot. And yeah, I really enjoyed watching her have a big digital detox and reevaluate the role of social media in her business and life. And part of that was informed by a book by Cal Newport as well. So, yeah, he has a lot of books, he, he wrote some books when he was younger. Like one, one of them sounds quite interesting. If I was studying again, I might read it called uh, like something like How to Be an A-Grade Student or How to Be a Better Student or something. <clears throat> so I think he wrote that <clears throat> when he was in college. And then he wrote another book about um, how to figure out what to do for a job that really pushes back against that idea of um, you should find your passion. I love it that he disses on that because I never, like that never resonated for me. I just wasted a lot of time feeling inadequate about not resonating with that. And just to hear him diss it and just go, look, that's, you know, really new concept, possibly BS, just was very liberating for me. So I haven't read that book, but I've just listened to him talk about that concept a lot. Um, Anyways videos and um, podcasts and things. So then I uh, don't know what came next. You know, I probably should have a proper list of the chronology of his books. But for me, I guess I read deep work and I also, so as a talking book on Audible, and I also started reading digital minimalism and then realised that, oh, that wasn't going to work if I was going to really do the method. Um to try and do it on my phone, so I bought the book, and I haven't actually finished the book or or I may have but I haven't finished the process um like implementing the process really strictly because i mean I already just gained so much benefit from implementing just the first however much I did that I just kind of started implementing, and then now I've been listening to his podcast for the last couple of days really intensively, I have become aware that some of the things he teaches that I haven't been exposed to have started to come to fruition in my life just naturally by pursuing a similar approach, like by really. So the things that I, maybe that's a good next thing to consider is like what was my life like before, like my business and work life like before and what's it like now and you know the things I really feel that I gained from his work and yeah how that's kind of changed the whole way I work a lot of my personal philosophy about business and business life and yeah how it's just made my life so much better because before I really got exposed to his ideas and George Gow and Danny I think they're like the triple the triple hammer or something <laughs> I can't think of a good metaphor right now but they're like the trident <laughs> of getting my business and like anxiety and overwhelm shit together as well as like my own work like obviously it's not all these people but being exposed to their ideas and their content has helped me to make choices and make changes so before I was really really reactive like I would let notifications be on on my computer and when i would i would be in the middle of doing something and literally a notification would ping and then i would leave what i was doing zoom over to that email start responding someone and people would often land in my inbox in a really freaked out state um so i help people a lot with their websites and i was helping people with social media and you know, so we had projects going or, I don't know, they just, (laughs) I don't know why, but people would just sort of land in my inbox in a really freaked out state. They'd hit kind of like a tech crisis or something. And there was this sort of setup that I had in my mind and in my relationship with them where, you know, I was going to just like jump, like they were going to land in my inbox and I was going to jump and run to help them or something so that just happened kind of accidentally like I just bumbled into business and I didn't really I've just learned along the way like I didn't have a plan from the beginning about how to really manage my time or you know how to structure my interactions and communications with my clients so just kind of figured it out the hard way learned the hard way which is fine um I was also just like yes like working when the kids were at school but I was also just like staying up really late so you know I think maybe they weren't really at school all that much as well and so like very early in my business I was working pretty much (laughs) 9 p.m till 11 p.m or 1 a.m sometimes nearly every night and that was just sort of when I had time I was also squeezing some time in during the day like I'd have study time and I would use some of my time for study and some of my time for my business and so I was kind of stealing It felt like I was stealing time and it was kind of exciting because it was like having a secret lover and I was really into my business and I was loving it but it was also like I didn't realize at the time but in hindsight that was really burning me out you know it's also i used to think i was a night owl and what i've come to realize is i really like it when half the world is asleep (laughs) so that could be in the night time um but i've also been going to sleep really early like 9 p.m 9 30 and when i do that i wake up really early like 3 50 4 a.m which is fine because i feel really good like i feel really restored and I feel really perky and I'll often like meditate for a bit and then I'm like up and it's like the night time except I'm mentally sharp so you know before before I I just think I liked that the night time you know what it's like it's same in the early morning it's just really quiet like the world hasn't really in the mornings the world hasn't really woken up you know like the birds are still quiet and it's just very quiet no, no traffic much and and the same in the evening you know I mean, I guess it depends where you live like I live somewhere very quiet in Begar like you know it's very quiet and I know that because last week I was on the Gold Coast in Southport in the main street in an apartment on the main street Scarborough Street and it was so noisy like I was really affronted and affected by how freaking noisy it is on the Gold Coast, there's just people everywhere, there's traffic noise, construction noise, it's just noisy all the time, so yeah, I became aware that I live somewhere very quiet, so that's how it was in the very early days of my business, I was sort of doing this late night, stealing time kind of thing, And then in the mid part of my business, because I've been in business since 2015 now, since October 2015, so it's been a few years. In the middle part of my business, I, you know, I had a thing going, you know, and so I could see people while the kids were at school and I was doing this kind of nine to three, but that wasn't all I was doing. Like, you know, I didn't have very good boundaries and I would see people in the afternoons and I would... I'd be still trying to do stuff and I would often stay up really late at night. So I would do my like daytime hours, but then I would also like kind of get on the computer for fun, end up again, reacting to my inbox and end up down some wormhole again, like 11 PM, 1 AM doing random online stuff. Maybe setting up email lists, maybe working on website pages, maybe working on client stuff—just anything, any time of day. Had no boundaries. I also remember one point where I had a client meeting, and I—I I was using Evernote. I use Asana now, but it's all the same—Trello, Evernote. It doesn't matter what you use. Um, just having a you know a spot where you run all your projects is really handy. So. I remember I had my client notes in Evernote. I also had been instant messaging her on Facebook. She and I had been text messaging each other and we'd been emailing each other. Plus, I have like a couple of different email addresses. So, we were trying to find something, you know, that she had sent me. And it took like maybe 10 minutes to find it because I just had comms in so many different places. I just wasn't being discerning about the way I onboarded people, my communication channels, the boundaries, like the timing when I was working in my business. And it was just, I was really, I mean, it sounds chaotic. I was really strung out. I was on the edge, like adrenal. I was so wired. I, I wasn't even drinking coffee I just was so kind of tense and wired all the time. Like it was really full on time for me. And I just didn't realise that that was, you know, um, not how it goes because in the online marketing world, there's a lot of kind of hustle culture and there's productivity tips and it's all just go, go, go. And I just kind of thought that that was, part of business was being really dynamic and really hustly and you know I'd um I was working with a different business mentor then and they were really hyped and it was all that high vibe and oh you know like that's cool and that works for some people but that doesn't work for me and there's a lot of people I work with and it doesn't really work for them either so there's just this I was talking to a woman today Jane Malik, um who is a yoga teacher among other things, and, um, you know, like, it's very hard to explain, like, yes, I'm an entrepreneur, but I'm not kind of, like, a hustle, coffee, kicking goals, like, I'm not a startup. I don't have capital, I'm, you know, I'm not looking for investors, like, I don't have a business revenue model. It's not that kind of entrepreneur. Yes, that's cool, that's one kind of entrepreneur, however, I... And my clients, mostly, and all my beloved people who I love hanging out with, are uh, generally, you know, we want to do it our way. We just love what we do. Yes, we want to make money, but we also kind of don't want to buy into like six-figure la la la. Like you know, I mean, sure, six figures would be lovely, but um, ultimately, we're trying to have more of a lifestyle that isn't all about mass consumption, excessive debt. Destroying the earth just to have the latest couch, and you know, like we're trying to do it differently. We're trying to heal, and you know, it is hard to find a term that really encapsulates that. Jane was saying she says new paradigm business, and I'm not against that. Um, I think that's probably the closest. You know, that we're a new paradigm entrepreneur, but we're we're like some kind of entrepreneur. I don't know what the title is. Tell me if you have an idea of what our title could be of the kind of entrepreneur that we are. So anyway, like, as well as all, like, the stress overwhelm, because I'm a mum, I had three kids. I had a teenage girl, a 15-year-old. I mean, that was hectic as hell as well. So there was a lot of family pressure. I had really quite strained, strained relations with my partner for, like, we'd have good weeks and we'd have, like, bad months. And months and months and then we'd have like kind of a few good weeks and then it would just get hard again so it was messy 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 and I remember I was doing some coaching with Melanie White and just realizing that like I was running a lot of of loops I just wasn't aware of how I was behaving and I didn't like I knew that I was yelling at my kids or I was acting out aggressively and really reactive but I kind of didn't know like once that tape was running I I was completely unaware I was kind of unaware on autopilot and I didn't know how to kind of interrupt that and it was happening with work stuff as well like I'd just get in the chair and I think it's you know partly from a background in hospitality like you know it's work time and you just go and you know, it's a kind of stressful environment, it's also kind of exciting, and, you know, like, I thought that I enjoyed that level of stress, you know, but, I mean, and, you know, perhaps I do, and there's also a point where for my life right now, I'm 46, and I had just some major health issues come up, major, like, nearly kind of (laughs) bled to death, had this insane period, ended up in hospital with like a double blood transfusion because my blood count was so low um yeah my periods were insane and I I had to stop like I was forced to stop I actually was in hospital for three days and just chilled out and part of my healing process working with a really great naturopath and as well as you know seeing a specialist and you know oh I did everything pretty much that you can do except Um, my arena, which I don't want to do if I can help it. Um, you know, I just took every potion, ate all the supplements, really just turned my health around, and I started to reduce my stress load and to be way more sensitive about how much I take on. And things were changing my business as well. What I really wanted was. You know, like I do a meditation practice, I do Vipassana. And what I really wanted was to have it so that not just meditating an hour in the morning, an hour at night, I've always been on this thing of like, How can I meditate all day while I'm active in the world? You know, for me that would be really ideal because I know when I do meditate and I go and do a retreat, for instance, I meditate all day and that's really great. <laughs> Um. even though it's not always easy, it's not always pleasant, it does seem like a really optimal state. And I just don't want to be like someone who's really zen when I'm on retreat and then come home and be a tiger and a beast. I want to sort of keep being a beautiful, loving person as much as I can. Um. And so a lot of what I've gained from George Carr particularly has helped me to create some daily practices whereby... I'm not just meditating on the cushion. I'm also bringing those practices more into my business. So that's been a real blessing. And what Cal Newport particularly has really helped me with is, like, I had to break up with my phone. And I think I read a book as well. I'll, I'll try and find the resources. It's in my Audible. I think it's like how to break up with your phone in 30 days or something. Anyway, there was this 30-day process that I did where pretty much I just completely changed the way I relate to my phone and it's very gradual so she really eases you in um I'll find the author it was really really good and so I kind of broke up with my phone and that was really helpful I also at some point decided like look this I don't want I don't want to do Facebook Messenger. Like I knew I was aware physically that it was freaking stressing me out. I also had people texting me and they would text me like out of hours and I would respond. So I just decided that, okay, I don't do instant messaging. I don't do texting. Um, I just do all my communication through my email also, I learned about Do Not Disturb. So oh, I don't know what computer you've got. I've got a Mac and I can put on Do Not Disturb. And I have, on, I have that on every day from like really most of the day that I'm awake. I think that it's on from something like 7 a.m. to 9 p.m. And Do Not Disturb means I don't get any email notifications. I don't get any notifications. It's just blissful. I also don't let any browser, I don't let anything give me notifications. Like I have a a smartwatch now, just a little really lightweight garment or something, because I just wanted a watch that would help me track my steps. That's all I really wanted. So I got that and I was very strict about what notifications I let it give me. I don't really connect it up to my phone. Like most of the time it's not connected to my phone at all. It's literally just a digital watch. Um, and if I want to, I can use it for other things. I like to use it to track my water as well. But I'm really good at that now. I don't even really need it anymore for those things because I easily walk enough and I easily drink enough. Um. So, yeah, no watch notifications, no phone notifications, no computer notifications no browser notifications no notifications like my son got a phone the other day he's a teenager and suddenly there's this bloody phone making noise in my house and when my daughter she's she's 20 nearly 21 when she comes to visit she has the notifications on on her phone i just get so outraged now because i'm so used to no notifications. Like my partner's the same. He doesn't really have notifications on his phone. So we're very used to a very quiet, uninterrupted flow in our life. And although that's available for you, if notifications are stressing you out, if your emails stressing you out, just turn it off. And <laughs> so you know, that was a big help for me. And then I could easily just check my inbox when I want. And so it's been a process for me of, you know, learning like what's optimal, like what's ideal, how often it's good for me to check my inbox. And um, I also, through the whole process, have become really aware of when I'm kind of getting in a, like obsessive hamster style habit with like going and checking my inbox. Um, I have talked about my planning method a bit before and I'm thinking now have I done it in a podcast, but um, anyway, I just did, let's have a look at, I've got my little phone here. The episode that I listened to today that really inspired me to uh, refocus on my planning was, um, how can I get in there? Help me out. 213 is what I'm listening to. That's the art of saying no. That's not the one. I have pretty much listened to like about six and they're very long his podcasts. So I'm a bit lost for which one exactly it was, but it could have been, oh, yeah, it was episode 211, How Cal Organizes His Life. And pretty much it's a very simple system that he uses. It's very close to the system I was already using, Um, and yeah, so I just did my planning and all that meant was I went through his system of like, I wrote down all my values and all my roles. I also did this thing I found of his on his website called values. Oh no, it's called lifestyle centric career planning. And that is all about, don't worry about the job title just decide what kind of life you want and then just choose the kind of job that's going to let you do that. Like (laughs) the the job is so that you can have a good life. It's not that you need to like center everything around your job. So, um, yeah, so I did, I just wrote down all my values, all my roles. I really thought about, um, it's kind of that ideal day thing, isn't it? I just thought about, a lifestyle that I would want to have, and he's got some really good questions. If I just googled what questions to ask for lifestyle centric planning, and on his website, I'm going to see if I can just find it. It's from 2008, so it's a very old blog. But on his blog, is this it? No. Oh, um, here it is. Values based. Oh. Um. The most important piece, it's called The Most Important Piece of Career. Where'd you go, mate? I'm trying to scroll and read it. It's called The Most Important Piece of Career Advice you Probably Never Heard. And, yeah, it's, oh, no, that's not it. That's from 2022. Newsletter. It was, let's see if this is it. 2008, that's it. Let's see if this is it. Anyway, just look for Cal and you put, Yes, here it is. It's on his blog. It's called The Most Important Piece of Career Advice you Probably Never Heard. It's from 2008. And on that blog post, there's a bunch of questions um, that you can ask yourself when you consider an ideal lifestyle. So they are, how much control do I have over my schedule? What's the intensity level of my job? What's the importance of what I do? What's the prestige level? what type of work, where do I live, what's my social life like, what's my work-life balance, what's my family like, how do other people think of me and what am I known for? So I answered all those. That was really kind of fun. Um, And, you know, yeah, like I said, it reminded me a lot of that kind of like ideal day um, stuff, which I think is valuable just to vibe in on like how do you want to feel in your day? You know, had what kind of experiences do you want to have in your life? And that was all a really good basis. And for me, it's, it's that. my that life is so close to, I mean, it is what I want already. So for me, it's a bit tricky. Like, I guess I can think about, oh, sorry about all the weird noises. Um, my little thingies are falling out. Uh, I could think about the future and what I want it to be like in the future. But in terms of right now, I feel like my life is pretty much ideal. Like there's not much I want to change, which which I feel very grateful for. That's a bonus. And then after I did those things, then I did a three-month plan. So some exciting news for me is that um, in the next couple of months, I'm going to be commencing – a 12-month contract with UOW, which is the University of Wollongong. And I'll be doing something like, what's it called? I can't remember the title exactly. Isn't that great? It's called Business Development, which is essentially just uh, we'll be running a program that supports entrepreneurs, regular entrepreneurs, not New Paradigm <laughs> entrepreneurs, just regular entrepreneurs to grow their business. There are some pretty sort of standard um, business and marketing um, models that people will learn and implement and apply to their business. So I'll be supporting that program in Bega and in Batemans Bay, um, which is super exciting. It's a really good team. It's something I pretty much already do, and I'll just be doing it in you know for someone else in a different way, and I'll still be able to run... Um, a low-key version of my business at the same time. I won't be promoting. (laughs) No time for marketing. Um, I'll just be ticking along with existing projects. So, yeah, my three-month plan, it was good to look at that and consider that, you know, the next six to eight weeks, I do have some scope if I want to run a course that I haven't taught before. But after that, uh, the only way I can really run courses is if I run courses that I've run before. And so the content's already developed. All I have to do is promo a little bit. Um, If no one joins, I'm really okay with that. I'll just run them for my group program people. Um, But I do think that my courses are actually really good and I think that people will want to do them. And I'll focus on my book writing. So, you know, there's just a few key things. I figured out that, you know, I could do all the bare bones of my business in kind of six to eight hours a week. and then I also wrote a list of things that I can drop because I think what what will probably happen is I've, even though I've tried to make it the most bare bones list, like I'll still have to cull it back a bit. So I kind of wrote, in like prioritised what things have to keep going and what things could be dropped. So that felt good just to know ahead, like what's going to get chopped <laughs> if it has to. Um, and then once I'd done the three month plan, then I broke it down into the monthly plan for May. Cause it's, what is it today? The 20, can't remember, I think it's the 27th. Um, it's gonna be May really soon. So it feels really great. Like I've already sorted out my May planning, which of course is totally flexible. If suddenly my UOW job starts really quickly, um, things will have to change. Anything could happen. I have kids. Like someone could get a terminal illness. Like I'm aware that plans are, you know, they're just temporal, just like life, and that they may not happen. Um, But it does feel good just to have that sorted. So that was the business side of my strategic plan. Um, He outlines it all in that episode I mentioned, 211, right? Um, So there's also the option for a strategic plan for my personal life. Which, I mean, perhaps I'll do that. That kind of sounds fun. Mm, For me, I know already um, that that's going to be all about sewing and art and cooking and being with my family, being in nature and connecting with friends. And I would like to start doing some weightlifting again now that my wellness is all sort of stable and leveled out. Um, Plus, when it's cooler sort of feels easier somehow to do weights anyway so things like that some bushwalks all of that that could go into a personal strategic plan so i could do that in the next few days on my camping adventure and what other bits were there of that he also recommends um having a values plan so just looking at your values and evaluating, like, are any of these things, like, am I dropping balls in any of these areas and what would I do to help sort of tack along and keep them on track? So I might do a bit of that and he recommends looking at that every week, um, looking at your strategic plan for the month every day. But you don't, you know, you don't actually... Um yeah not like develop the plan just you you might just lay your eye over your weekly plan or your monthly plan every day and your values plan every day review the strategic so review the three monthly plan once a week and yeah i mean he also does a lot of metrics he does lots of tracking and i've already set up a bunch of tracking for myself for this year at the moment i'm tracking i'm trying to have a nap every day at three which has been glorious So, yeah, I've been tracking my naps, my meditation, my water drinking, and I'm also doing this thing, which is a George Cow practice called the Energy Reboot. I've got my own version of the Energy Reboot, which maybe I should talk about another time. Um, Oh, it's really bedtime. Mm. (laughs) Getting ready. Um, Yeah, so that was my planning, Mish. I do have a planning course, which you would find on my website called soul biz planning and it has really oops beautiful workbooks and it also has a beautiful shamanic practice with trish everett um so that follows a very similar structure to what i've been talking about and you can access that i can't even remember how much it costs or anything but if you want to that is beautiful i mean trish's um visioning practice in that is divine and i've also got that includes the weekly review practice which i think i've talked about before weekly review so helpful if for for when i was feeling like oh, i i do stuff and it doesn't you know i'm just busy all the time and nothing's even happening in my business like what am i doing when you get that sort of mad feeling like just churning my wheels um and feel overwhelmed I found that the weekly review was so good for that. So the Solbiz planning is really awesome. It's got a lot in it. It's got the weekly planning, the thing with Trish, as well as, yeah, review and planning. And it's epic. Um, If you want something from me that's about planning, that's my offer. Wow, if you've listened to all this a modelling, let me know somehow on socials or something. Um, That's dedication. Hopefully this is helpful. Like I would just recommend check out Cal Newport if you want to change your relationship with your tech and you want to feel less overwhelmed. Digital minimalism is an absolute corker. Um, that other book, the one about breaking up with your phone, I'll just have a quick look at Audible now, see if I can find it. Um, also, yeah, anyone else I've mentioned, you can check them out. And Yeah, just let me know if there's anything I can do to help you. If this is an interesting topic, if you're just like, if you actually fell asleep, then you probably wouldn't be listening to this right now. But I hope you're having a beautiful day. I hope your business is growing in the ways that serve you. And yeah, I just wish you all the best in this wild ride that is being in business and being... (laughs) i <laughs> uh, what was it? New Paradigm Entrepreneur. Um, oh, the, the phone book uh, is How to Break Up with Your Phone by Catherine Price. It's quite a short book and it had really solid tactical steps that felt easy. Like if you're really addicted right now and that feels really like terrifying to break up with your phone, Don't worry, she really just, it's a very nice process. So cool, thank you, and I look forward to seeing you soon. I hope you have a great time. Bye.